Did you ever think you would make it? I feel I'm so close, I could take sweet victory. I know this life meant for me. Yeah, why would you bet on Goliath when we got bet David? Value payment, giving values contagious. This world of entrepreneurs, we get no value to hate. It's how they run, homie. Look what I become. I'm the, I'm the one. Mike, do you think? Uh, do you think the the killer instinct concept, right? You know, certain people have a killer instinct and you'll see them like you, you, you know, Celtics beat the Sixers, right? And you've seen all the fans over there. You're seeing all the Sixers fans. And you're seeing who the Sixers fan, who the Celtics fans are. They're like, these guys are dogs, right? Like you can tell they're tough guys, right? New York DNA, right? You see, you see certain people like, there's a certain level of toughness and ruggedness and fearlessness, right? That comes from it. Do you think the, the killer instinct folks in business, in politics, in sports, do you think they need a little bit of that craziness experience to go through or not necessarily in all cases? It depends on the consequences that you're willing to accept. What do you mean by that? You know, by having that killer instinct, the desire to yeah. want and want and want, there's repercussions to that. You know, there's lawsuits. There's people that want to ruin your career. They might want to hurt your family. You know, there's a lot of reper um, repercussions that come with being the, the dog, the beast, the animal. The, the universe tests you. Did you did you watch? The, are you into movies or no? Do you like? Kind of. Have you watched a new movie, Air, the story of Michael Jordan? They keep telling me to look Mike, at that. You gotta watch it. Ben Affleck, no. I watch yeah. it. I watch ben it. Ben Affleck, Matt Damon. Affleck. Have you yeah. seen it yet or no? I haven't seen it. So they told I me took, to go win awards up the butt. Oh, Mike, you gotta watch it because there's a scene in the movie where Sonny. So we took 60 of our employees here, yes. and we took 150 of our insurance agents in Dallas, and That's I want to watch. Awesome. I watched it three times in two weeks. It's an incredible movie. There's a scene in the movie where Sonny is sitting there talking to Michael, okay? It's when Nike's making the pitch to Michael to come to us, and Michael doesn't want to go to Nike. He wants to go to Adidas, and he wants to go to all these things. And he's saying, Michael, I'm just going to get right into it. He says, look, no one's going to remember us. They're going to remember you. He says, we're all just people in your life. But long term, here's what's going to happen to you. Here's what America's good at. You're going to go up there. You're going to win. You're going to win a lot of championships. You're going to win MVPs. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. But then the media is going to turn on you. There's going to be some losses. There's going to be some setbacks. And he's, while he's explaining this, he shows when his dad dies in the movie. They show when he's losing. They show when he's in the Chicago White Sox and he's missing the ball. They show mm. all of these things where the, the idea, my dad told me this when I was 16 years old. He says, one thing about America, you know, as an immigrant, this guy, my, my dad's wisdoms, you'll meet him today when we're having lunch. You, you, you'll meet my dad. So he said, in America, this is what they'll do. He says, if they want to turn you into a hero, they'll turn you into a hero. But if they want to turn you to see you fall, America loves a fall. But what America even loves more than a fall come is back. redemption and a comeback. Come it's such an interesting thing about America and what happens to the great ones. So, you know, a story like yours when you're talking about the consequences you're willing to face, um, it's an interesting perspective. When you, when you think about a Tom Brady, do you, you see a killer instinct in a guy like that, right? But he was raised in a good family environment, right? You, if you watch Man in the Arena, mm -hmm. mom, dad, you know, three older sisters, you wonder, like, is the killer instinct DNA? Is the killer instinct life experiences? Is the killer instinct it's choice? It's interesting that you say that because um, we know some athletes that's number one and probably the best in the world mm -hmm. in Europe. Their families are billionaires, but their families can't buy that spot. <clears throat> Being the best, they can't buy it. 
So it's not money. It's the desire to win. It's so it's the individual you're. Yeah. Normally, when people um, are siblings of people that wealthy, they want to diff- They want um, pretty much um, split from them. They want their own identity. Then sometimes they change their names because they want their own identity. They have their own self worth. How much, Mike? It, I want to stay on this to to just ask this question from him. When he became the youngest heavyweight, okay. And we're all watching. We're like, oh my God. You know, they called it, Cuss called it. These youngest heavyweight. Mm-hmm. Everybody's losing their minds, right? 20, 20 years old, 21 yeah. years old, youngest ever heavyweight champion. Did that automatically attract other goats that wanted to be around you who were the champions? And if it did, which I'm assuming it did, because we've seen pictures with you pretty much mm-hmm. with everybody, did you notice a similarity between your why? Where you're like, oh, I see. I see Michael. Oh, I see Magic. Oh, I see Gretzky. Oh, I see Ali. Oh, I man, I, I kind of see a little bit of myself. And very interesting how we have these two, three things in common. Did you see that yourself or you weren't looking at it from that lens? No, because I really look at it not from a, um, if, I'm, if I may be permitted to say, I just think that people from that perspective, it's just ordained by God that happen like that. And it's not necessarily because we're athletes or entertainers. There are people who are the, um, pretty much uh, ordained by God to be the greatest businessmen, to be the greatest garbage men. It's just it's all from the universe. And we have nothing to do with it but just putting in the effort. Interesting. So it's a form of a, you know, being chosen or being called type of a thing? You think pretty that's much, what it I is? Think, I think, because Cus said he summoned me. You know, I'm, I'm going to meet this old Italian guy. Maybe he was right. Wow. You know, Patrick, most guys from the street <clears throat> that came up the hard way, they fold. Not many no, guys make they No. Fold. No. You know, you, it's something within you that makes you overcome that. you got to have a drive, a determination. Because most guys that come up like that, they're gone. A mentor, a great mentor. I had a good, the best mentor on the planet. I, it was, I, nobody could do just do to me what he could. Nobody, never, no one. He was the greatest. Nobody could make me reach the best. Do you, do you in your house or your office or you know? Do you have a picture of him? Absolutely. Yeah. What's your yeah. favorite picture of you and him? Um, me hugging him. After a fight, or is it? Is it no, a, yes, um, for taking a picture. So it's a it's a picture you have that yeah. we haven't seen. So no. it's not a public picture. I'm sure it's been seen. Yeah, got it. Mm-hmm. That's cool. To you know, uh, it's uh, uh, which one is that? Do you see it? Is that the one on the right in front of where, the white where, building? No, where go out. back? You, I saw it. If you go yeah, back, it's that day. It's that day. No, move Rob, up. Rob, if it's you go day. back, I, yeah. just you had it. Go back. It's too far to far to the right, all the way to the right. Right there up. Oh. Hey, bing. There it is. That one right there. And he's like, get off me. He hates that. Get the <laughs> fuck off. Man, what are you doing? Get off. That's your favorite picture with Cubs. Yeah. He's like, get off. Stop. He, he doesn't like intimacy. <laughs> he doesn't like that stuff. He's too hard. What do you, what do you think about when you see that picture? Um, he was right. I'm the greatest ever. Wow. He was right. Pat, you bring up the Tom Brady thing, and yeah. obviously yeah. Tom Brady and Mike Tyson had a complete differing upbringing, not even a question. Um, but one thing they did have was a chip on their shoulders. So you bring up Tom Brady. 
drafted in the seventh round, 189th pick. You see the picture of when he was <laughs> drafted. He didn't even look. He looked like he was just some frat dude. His sisters he, with a good athlete. Exactly. Right? right. So, but a chip on his shoulder. You look at MJ. The, you know, as the story goes, yeah. cut from his high school basketball team. Holy shit! That just basically wound him up. He turned. To, you look at Kobe when you interviewed Kobe. Yeah. What happened with Kobe? He was number forty something on the top. 100 list of uh, high school basketball players, <laughs> boom, he developed a kill list. So that's, Yeah, there's the picture of Tom yeah. Brady. Doesn't look like the GOAT right there, does he? No. Turned out to be the greatest quarterback to ever live. There has to be some, even with you with business, when you went to the Army and they told you that you would never be nothing in your life, your teachers, you got a 1.8 GPA, you developed a chip on your shoulder that said, all right, I'm going to turn this thing around. So, Mike, what was it for you? I, I, I completely understand that Cuss was your... Yeah. Uh, is your motivation everything that but you must have had a chip on your shoulder what was it that basically inspired you to say all right let me turn my life around and make this happen i don't know i used to know this in order to be a master you first have to be a fool hmm. and then after that it works out you first have to be a fool yeah okay yeah. So what does that mean <laughs> make mistakes will. make okay. mistakes and don't get um, discouraged it's so easy to get discouraged and give up yeah this is kind of what Michael yeah, was saying. I've been knocked people... out before the average. I had a, nothing came easy for me. I didn't give up. Never. Mike, how, how old were you first time you got knocked out? Like actually knocked out? Oh, when I was a little kid. How old? I don't know, 11. 11 years old? Yeah. Who was the guy? Oh, he hit me with a bat. He what? Yeah, he hit me with a bat. He don't, they don't know our world. <laughs> he hit me with a bat. <laughs> That's how, like to you, it's like normal, right? Absolutely. <laughs> As a matter of fact, the first time I got <laughs> hit, we have something in common. Yeah. I got hit with a bat, and it broke two of my ribs. Isn't that, look, yes. see, that's how our life is being hit with bats, yeah. and people shoot at us at 11 years old. Key to success is getting hit by a bat. I got hit by a club. You remember the club yeah. in the in the cars? The clubs you used to put to steering wheels so they yeah. couldn't yeah. put yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I got hit in a club. I was wow. gone. Oh, army. Oh, I was 18 years old man. in Kentucky. I'm like, damn. I saw somebody get hit with that, too. Split his that's head, heavy. too. I broke my nose. I wow. uh, woke up 4 o'clock in the morning. Is that is that what happened? That's one of the ways that one of the uh, broke my nose a few times. We used to always steal cars. You had to break that, that off That club first. was yeah, actually, it was old club. school way. It's before we had uh, the current The alarm yeah. stuff. I'll never forget the story when you guys did the interview at the MGM inside the uh, the ring, literally. And you were talking about one of the first times that Mike, I don't know if this was one of the first, but when you really knew that you had power. You talked about that you fought the kid and then the father showed up. Yeah. And you had to fight the father. <laughs> Tell us that. So, how old were you when you're fighting grown men? Um, I was like 11, 12, but I was big. You know what I mean? I'm like 11 years old, but I'm 175 pounds. At 11? Yeah, 160. So, um, I'm short, though. So, I'm fighting the guy. I don't know if I'm fighting because I'm taking something, trying to take something for him. That Mostly, that happens when you're fighting him and his family. So, I'm trying to take something. Maybe it's jacket or it's watch. Something I'm trying to take. I'm just, I'm trifling like that back then. And then I, I, I was fighting with him. And I don't know if I snatched his coat off, but his father came running down the streets. And when he was on the floor, his father just came and he started to try to throw him. I picked him up, slammed him on the floor. <laughs> and um, 
the kid jumped on me from behind. <laughs> you know, I kicked the ass, but they kicked my ass too. You know, a father son duo yeah, coming at Mike Tyson. Kinda, they got me good though. They got me good. Has, has that ever been? Uh, uh, they got me. They became my close friends too. How did that happen? I don't know. It's, that's what happened. You understand? You fight yes. your friends to the death. You mean try to rob them, and then as time goes on, you guys become friends, and you guys rob other people. Mm. <laughs> right? Absolutely. <laughs> Team up. Is that is that what happened with you and Evander Holyfield? You guys are friends now. I think you guys are working in business. Yes. In some yes, capacity. Yes. 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 Me. I always um, bust this chop to me and you're the only people still making money from a fight that happened 30 years ago. <laughs> Straight up. Right. That's right. Yeah. How did yeah. that friendship develop? Because at one point, you guys were as competitive yeah. enemies as it gets, right? We were always friends. I knew him since I was 17 years old, you know, from the boxing scene. And um, I had made these ears. Um, Can you man. pull up the ear company that yeah. they launched? Holy Bites. Yes. And um, show a picture of it, the product, if you can. Rob, Mike Tyson asked you to show a picture, buddy. You been, there it goes right there, the ear. And um, they were going off the hook, and he was a little offended. He was a little offended at first, and then he, and then he, and help time. Why are you doing this to me, man? <laughs> he was a little offended until he saw the profit of it. He saw that profit. Hey, I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> Mike bites. Here's like you, you might have taken. Oh, uh, you're thirty over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, listen, guys, can I really ask you a question? Why, how site, um, I'm trying to think the word, satanic, people are so happy. Yeah, you better, motherfucker. Yeah, what the, we have savages. We live in a country of savages, you know that, right? First of all, first time I saw it, I'm like, what, what, what the fight? If you watched it, did you watch the fight live or no? Live, no, I mean, when, I wasn't there, I was there, but I was 17 I was years old. Yeah, yeah. you're senior, you're like, what? Oh, you were at the actual fight? I was fight? at the fight, yes. With Mike oh, Tyson and Evander Holyfield? With wow. me and uh, Chuck Zito and Stallone, we were all there that night. What yeah. a, What was the reaction? Did the, how long did it take for the audience to know what happened? Oh, it was crazy. Yeah. I, I don't think, I didn't know right away what happened. Didn't understand it. But then we were hearing things, you know, because I was in like the third or fourth row. We were hearing things. And then, then obviously everybody knew after that. But, you know, what happened afterwards, though, you know, I was with, I was with my wife, too, and the place went crazy afterwards. I told her, we're not leaving here. Just sit here yeah. until everybody leaves and everything gets calmed down. But yeah, it was crazy. Fuck. I know the word without Mike is crazy, huh? <laughs> you, you, you said you made $30 million. I think you said this last year sometime in October. You made $30 million from this fight, just from the bite. Well, after I know I made 27 because they took three from me. <laughs> they, they took three. They finding me three. Look. They, <laughs> They fined you for $3 million for the, There you go. You said, I got fined $3 million for that. Uh, yeah. And I might have made $30 million since that happened from the bite. From just the pick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the bite heard around well, the world. No, 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 no. From just um, the mic bite. Every time I'm take, doing a signing, they take a picture of biting people's ears all over the world. Take a picture <laughs> biting my ear. Bite my ear. Bite my ear. Bite my ear. You got, I got, what a, what, what a hell's angel you got? White supremacist. Bite my ear. Bite my ear. Listen, no. Taliban. Bite my ear. Bite my ear. You've made it if it's that. Listen, stop. Serial killer. Bite my ear. Bite my ear. Listen, I'll, um, let me just say this one story. I'm in Phoenix. I'm working out in Phoenix, Arizona. I'm working out. And it's Ramadan. And I'm not working out, but I'm just doing an interview. 
and I'm doing an interview with this guy. And I'm talking a little scared. He got very little hands. You know those little white guys with small little hands? And he's nice. And some guys were picking on him. And I said, yo, chill out. Leave him alone. You know, I got my Ramadan stuff on. I think I'm religious. So I come over. I'm talking to him and stuff. He's very tiny, petite little guy. Thank you. And thank you, sir. And then he leaves. I do the interview. Two or three days come by. SWAT has the whole gym surrounded yeah. I'm like, wow. And because I went out the night before, and I'm saying to myself, who else did I grab? Shit, why is squat here? And then I said, but then I said, hey, if, um, if I grabbed my hands, it wouldn't be the feds here, right? So I'm saying, what the hell did I do? So they come in, and they show a picture of me and this guy shaking hands. And I'm saying, fuck. This guy's probably have a lawsuit. I must have did something and got this guy nervous or something. And he said, do you know this guy? And I said, well, listen. I was promoting a fight, and I must have got a little animated, and he may have gotten scared. If anything happened, I'm just sorry. I didn't mean to. And then he snatched the paper back, the picture back. No, Mr. Tyson, he liked you. He didn't like the 20 people he shot and the eight that he killed. What? Wow, he was the baseline shooter. He was a serial killer. He was the, and he was a boxing writer, too. The skinny little yeah, white look, guy look, that you were... Mike Tyson and serial killer. Check that out. No, really. The skinny little white guy you were describing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mike Tyson... David Hausner? Yeah, Hausner, yeah. Check him out. That little fucker, right? Look at his hands. <laughs> look at it. No, I'm serious, man. Y'all laughing. Look at his hands. He's a little small. Look, he looks like. Yeah. In an interview, so, oh, Mr. Tyson. Oh, my God. I'm such a fan. Uh, I'm like, fuck it. I'm like, look, it's okay, brother. Don't worry. Nobody's going to fuck with you. Because they were f- fucking with him outside. You know what I mean? I said, don't worry about it. I got you. And I thought something happened, you know. I'm f- and he turned out to be a mass murderer? Yeah, he, he, he shot. T- 28 or something, but he killed eight. Rob, scroll down and see the story. Find out how many people he killed. He killed eight, but I know he shot around 20 of them. Dirty motherfucker. And he got he committed suicide in prison, so I guess that turned out great. He committed suicide in prison. Yeah. So, so you met, again, you met a lot of uh, uh, weird cats. Listen. Would this guy be at the top? 29 people he shot, eight he murdered. What? Yeah. Listen. Listen, this Nine. is my life. Listen, I must draw these kind of people because I'm I'm in Australia, right? And I'm taking pictures with people, right? And one side of me, after they get the picture, I got the Aryan guy right here, the big beard, and then I got the Taliban guy right here. And it was a lo- and that's what it was. Mike Tyson was a local Australian Taliban supporter, and I got the, the Aryan bike rider on my right, on my left. <laughs> And I say to my people, hey, man, how those people get close to me like that? You know what they said? They bought a ticket. Mm-hmm. They bought a ticket. That's that what you said. That's what they that's said. What they, yeah, that's what they said. They bought Got a it. ticket. Access. <clears throat> well, we were at the UFC fight in Miami, and you walked up with uh, Trump, and that place lost their mind when you guys walked. I don't hey, know if you... Hey, listen. Trump is... Trump is... I don't like... People don't like but Trump is the man. Trump is a man, he has this fan base, he has his supporters, and they're going to stick with him to the end. How has he been to you over the years? Hey, I always, um, I never had a bad moment with him. You've never had a bad moment? No, yeah. no, no. Did you, w- Became you- very profited from him. It was just a great relationship. When did you guys initially meet? What was the first encounter? I was, it must have been 1920, but I just ate, um, I just had dinner with him a week ago. In Mar-a-Lago? Where yes, were you? in Mar-a-Lago. How was that? That was awesome. Me, him, Byron. I mean, um, Byron and his mother, um, Byron and his mother. And it was just off the hook. Byron, um, he's so smart. The young kid. 
Baron is smart. Oh, Baron, you knew that. You knew that. Seven feet tall now. No, six feet. He's six eight. But you knew he was very intelligent. I've heard a lot of weird stories. Man, this kid is. They were saying this is autistic. This guy's on top of this game intellectually. At sixteen years old. Seventeen. Seventeen. Now, got it. Was Melania there? Yes, she was there as well. How was the your interaction with her? What is she like? Awesome. It's like um, the president's wife, the first lady. Do you have a similar kind of relationship with the current president, Joe Biden? I listen. Have I, you guys had I, did, I didn't have the opportunity to actually meet uh, President Biden. I briefly met his son, Hunter. And um, hey, listen, we're out here. We're, we're trying to make this the best country we possibly can. And there's certain people that believe they can do it better. And that's just what this is all about. Nothing personal. Have you spent time with the governor, Florida, with uh, DeSantis? No, I didn't have the opportunity. I, I met him at maybe a football game. Mm-hmm. We were in the same um, booth, I believe. What what they call that again? Box. Sweet. Sweet, Sweet, yeah. So you're an East Coast guy, an East Coast hip-hop. Did you... I've seen stories with you and Tupac, and I've seen you talk about Tupac a lot, and it's emotional stories. Did you yeah. ever have any interaction with Biggie or? I met, listen, I first met Biggie when I came back and I fought um, either with Peter McNeely or Peter McNeely or either Frank Bruno. And um, I, th- I had a party at my house, and he came. Biggie? Yeah. And at the time, I was really religious, and I was a prick. I said, hey, listen, he just can't drink. So he shot the drink down, came in the house, and he was very impressed. He asked how much the house cost, and at the time, it was $6 million. And that was cool to him back then, but if he was to continue to live, it would have been like buying a, a, a candy bar mm-hmm. for him. But listen, um, and he was just a cool guy. Then I met him again at Nell's. He was just a really nice, cool guy. How different were, were he and Tupac, personality-wise? Um, Biggie is a smooth, laid-back guy. Pac is the real energetic power. He's the personality. Boom, explosive. But they're both Geminis, too. You know who else is a Gemini? Who? Uh, Trump? Shoot, Elvis, uh, Marilyn Monroe, Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie, John Kennedy. They're crazy. They're crazy. My wife's a Gemini. She's off out of her mind. <laughs> oh, we, we got something in common because I'm a Gemini. Too. You are too. Oh, they are crazy. Uh, Geminis so are wild. Wow. My daughter's God. a Gemini. Listen, yeah. listen. Don't have, they, they don't let grudges go. <laughs> Geminis? No, they need to chill out on grudges. <laughs> we got to go through a list of Geminis yeah. you've crossed and say, you know what? I got to call these seven guys. <laughs> if they get mad at you, oh, Don. God, they want to kill you. <laughs> Comedian-wise, favorite comedian of all time. You've seen a lot of guys. Who do you like the most? Comment. Oh man, so many people are gonna get mad at me. <laughs> I'm from the '80s, and um, I just um, personally, my personal, I like Eddie Murphy. Raw, yeah. By the way, there's other guys listening that surpassed him and all that stuff, but he was different. He was different. He was different. Eddie Murphy. Yeah, you know, most of these. Um, imagine living the life of a comedian. And you have some bad nights and stuff, and you want to. And it's very easy to be discouraged from being a comedian. Very sensitive people want to do well, overachievers, and they can have um, they have an um, arena of twenty thousand people, 
and one person won't clap and they focus on that one person. Wow. 20,000 people losing their mind, but a comedian's got that one person that they don't know if the guy's on drugs, tired, <laughs> it's fucking. <laughs> they may start attacking him. No, serious. That 20,000, 100,000 people going crazy, they see only that one guy that's not clapping. That's just. Um, Is that how you were as a fighter or no? Different for fighters? No, it's a little different from fighters. But, so you, like, but when I'm on stage doing my show, I look, I, I have that thing. <laughs> you see that yeah. from the show side. I need it all right now, quick. When you were fighting, was there like that one sports commentator where you're like, this mother, you know, every single time he never gives you, was there anything like that or not well, really? there was always people, but um, I didn't really care. With the, the um, You're nothing. If the people don't say you're the champ, then you're nothing. You don't even have to have the belt for the people to, to be the champ. The people make you the champ. You, really, you fight, everybody's fighting, and you win. And there's been people that's won and been great champions, but still... People gave Ali the champion. Mm. He's our champion. No question. Regardless of have the belt or not, he's our champion. Mike, are you following what's going on with uh, Jamie Foxx? He's not feeling well. Something's going on with... Yeah, they said stroke. I have no idea what happened to him. Yeah. Can you pull yeah. that up? Yeah, yeah. try to pull Foxx. We were at a restaurant a couple months ago in, in L.A. And what, what was the restaurant? The steak... Uh, uh, remember the restaurant in L.A.? Uh, Anyway, catch the catch, catch. Yes, yeah, catch. yes, and he showed up and looked really good, and then all of a sudden you hear the stories about uh, uh, Jamie Foxx was a Chicago rehab facility. <clears throat> hey, listen, we can't anticipate our next breath. We don't know when we're gonna die. After we leave, this bad stuff kept happening. Is, is he still doing the the, uh, the movie or no? Is he still? Because uh, was wasn't there like stories of him playing? Your life? Well, it was a possibility. You know, I don't know what's going to happen now, but, you know, it's a strong possibility. Yeah. He, uh, uh, uh. Because, you know, Jamie's closer to my age. So in order to do him, they were going to do what they did with um, Benjamin Button. Mm -hmm. oh, wow. Do you remember that? They yeah. were going to make Rapid, him younger. Yeah. Make him look younger type yes. of deal. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they know how to do that. Scroll down Absolutely. a little bit. Has there any, been any actual news is uh, news on what this medical condition is i mean jimmy fox is a young vibrant healthy guy and all of a hey, sudden hey, boom. Listen, hey listen um if we don't know by now they don't want us to know yeah. you know what time come on man stop i gotta wake up Qu question stop. for you Qu question for you uh, uh mike i had a guy on because for me i have this weird personality where you know i want to know what happened to the Shah when we escaped Iran and I went to Germany, lived out of refugee camp. So I, so I want to know what the hell happened to Iran, right? I want to know my parents, you know, one's a communist, one's a uh, imperialist. I want to know why do you believe in communism? So I have to go read the book on Karl Marx. No, how can you believe in communism? Listen, right? no, no, yeah, so, listen. So for me, John F. Kennedy assassination, <laughs> I'm like, who the hell was so? I've interviewed anybody I can possibly yeah. get a hold of to learn about John F. Kennedy, right? There's Tupac was one of them because I have a painting in my house. I'll show you today in the painting. There is John F. Kennedy, there's Einstein, there's Milton Friedman, there's MLK, there's Tupac, there's Ayrton Senna, there's a Shah of Iran, and Lincoln, and one empty chair, right? Tupac, so, Tupac grew up Tupac, with communist, um, communist ideology. Black Panther, you know, those yeah. stuff, his mother. Marxism yeah, Marxism. That's right, that yeah. Stuff. Very interesting, right, where he was at. Yeah, that, that painting, right, if you want to zoom in, uh, Tupac's to my left. If you zoom in on the bigger one, yeah, right there. Anyway, so you'll see this here, but... Tupac, when he passed away, I was so curious. I said, what happened to this guy? Who was behind it? You know, the whole thing with the fight, you know, he's uh -huh. at your fight. He's going to get to the fight. I think you guys were supposed to spend, spend some time together. And then I interviewed Greg Kading. And if you know who Greg Kading is, Greg Kading, are you familiar with Greg Kading? 
No. Greg Kading, if you can pull up his Wikipedia, Greg Kading is the guy that, um, he's the guy that was doing the investigation on Tupac. Yeah, I, remember, I remember that. Okay. So they, they had a little um, television show about this. Yes, yeah. you're right. Absolutely. <clears throat> And he was known as the multi-law enforcement task force that investigated the murders of rap stars Tupac and Biggie. That's the Wikipedia story about him, right? So I said, so who was really behind this? So in the video, when I interview him, you know how somebody's trying to arrest him? Like if you've seen a movie American Gangster and they got these pictures. Is this the guy at the top? Is this the guy? Mm -hmm. So I have 50 different pictures with magnets. And he's putting these things up on. If you go to the video, you'll see how I set it up. Put Greg Kading by David. And I said, who was really the guy behind it? He says, well, we first thought it was this. Then we first thought it was that. And we first thought it was this. And we, everything's going. Then at the end, the conclusion after multiple conversations with him and different people, it came down to Biggie. And to me, there's, there's so many right there. If you can just zoom in. That's the way we had it. So we're kind of going back and forth to see who was behind the guys that killed Biggie, Tupac, Easy. I'm, I'm a hip-hop guy. I grew up to all this stuff with NWA. This is my, like, you know, Straight Outta Compton was a movie I watched God knows how many times because I listened to all of that stuff. I'm an L.A. kid. So why is it that so many people in music and Hollywood fear this guy, Diddy, as if he's untouchable? And even the... Well, sugar, Diddy. Diddy. Not, uh, uh, Diddy, not sure. You said Biggie, but you meant. I'm I think sorry. You meant I meant Diddy. to say yeah. Diddy, not 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 Biggie. Well, Diddy. if you punch in on the picture here, you see you see Diddy, you see Suge Knight, uh, and then a lot of their cohorts down there. But uh, Tupac and Biggie at the top, as you were, Pat. Yeah. So so what is it? I mean, everybody is in there. So what is it with Diddy that so many Ti called them out? Fifty Cent said one time on uh, uh, Charlemagne God's podcast, you know, Breakfast. Breakfast he says Club. he says one time Diddy said, hey. Let me go buy you some clothes. Let me take you shopping. He's like, well, you want to take me shopping? What are you talking about? So T.I. called him out. 50 called him out. But some people are afraid. What do you, what, what do you know about? Because some people are talking about there's Diddy involvement with Jamie and something happened because he was calling him out for some of the parties he was putting up. Is there anything you uh, have opinions on Diddy? Have you had any experiences with Diddy? No. Um, just I knew him for a long time. Got it. And with you, he was chill. He was good. He was awesome guy. Yeah. Um, I knew him before he was um, Diddy. And I knew him for a long time. When I, when I first became champ, I knew him. I remember him. He used to have crates when he used to have my after parties and stuff. Also when they were throwing parties. I remember This him. is when he was the CEO founder of Bad Boy. No, with I don't Big think Ed. he was Bad Boy yet. No, he really? wasn't him, Damon Dash and all those guys. They, mm -hmm. weren't, they weren't on yet. I was the, I was like the first street guy that really got on. You know, I'm talking about a guy doing crime in the streets that became a television guy, and everyone knew he was a celebrity, had fancy oh, wow. cars. I was the first. This is all in Brooklyn. I'm the first of our of our generation of that kind of that crew. You know, the, mm. the street hustlers that really blew up like that. And you guys all knew each other. Yeah, it's the same era. Listen, um, this young lady that works for my company, and she started saying names to people. I remember when I was 11, 12 years old. And it just it baffles me that you think you never you got away from these people. You'll never see them again. You knew them when you were at the worst of your level or heard about them. And you're not the only one God had his hand on. These guys made them successful too. And to see, you have to know them and see them at this level of the game. It's just mind-boggling. I mean, it's really, I'm, you're almost like proud in a way when you see them. You know what they experienced in life. And now they became respectable citizens. 
I guess it's a, you know, how you're in a class of 82 or class of 90, whatever, you, you're all coming up. You're kind of seeing who made it from your class. I guess that's how to see it when you're coming up from the streets yeah. uh, uh, at the same era. Who, who else were the guys that in, during that time that made it big out of all of you? Listen, there were um, some rappers that no people didn't know about that made it real big. And not just from rapping, but from writing. And it's just, listen, um, I come from Brownville, Brooklyn. <clears throat> Very competitive, you know. Normally, either you succeed, um, probably 60% of the people don't have their high school, high school diploma. It might be more, but it's just a school. It's just a neighborhood for people that normally fail. Just a failing. If you don't have sports, you're not a lawyer or whatever. Yes, you're not going to make it. You're not going to do well. You know, it's very competitive, very dog-eat-dog. Dog. People who are your friends at one time, next thing you know, they turned on you. Come over to the house, I need to do something for me, man. Or they go over to your house, and they kill you and rob your house for your drugs and stuff. But these are people you was in the sandbox with. When the drug game... Yeah, when the drug game... When Michael Francis yeah, is nodding over here because he the, knows this When the drug well. game started in the early 80s, you know, when that started... The people that you were robbing with your friends with and everything, next thing you know, you're, you got different gangs and you're shooting. All these gangs, we all grew up together. All the people in his gang, all the people in the gang over here, some of them are related, and now they're killing it, killing each other. Mm. We were all friends. We grew up together. We used to rob and steal together, go to shopping together with the robbing money, smoke our weed, drinking together when we were kids. And next thing you know, I, I'm, I went over to my house after I'm doing good in this boxing stuff. I wasn't champion, but almost. I was making money. So somebody gets shot, I go to the hospital to see him, and then somebody else got killed. So I go to the funeral to, to see him, but the guy that went to the hospital is the guy that killed my friend I'm going to the funeral for. I'm sure you understand. Yeah. I met my friend. I'm crying that my friend is in this hospital. He's shot. And next thing you know, I'm going to my friend's funeral, but he shot my friend. It's crazy, right? It's really crazy. Yeah, it's really Mike, crazy. earlier we were talking with Michael about uh, uh, power players in sports power players in the mob power players in politics and i said who was a power player mob he said chin right and that was a guy that would run everything so you kind of had to run Vinny, you know, right vincent chin huh yeah you got to play like he was crazy yeah, yeah. that's, that's why he was years. smart yeah look at he used to be a fighter i heard yeah he was a fighter he was a good fighter too yeah, yeah didn't he kind of confuse what mike was saying it, 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 that he was a little bit uh mentally off like he was crazy and he was trying to fool people he played people. It good he did a good job for a bunch of years for 30 years making yeah. money up his ass just they, yes go ahead but played people ask me i said michael was he really crazy and i said well look to play crazy for 30 years and get away with it you got to be a little crazy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> eventually you become you that be. part yeah but he was he was crazy as a fox he was very smart and from what i know about him he was there some money from the beginning that's yeah. why Giovanni got him to shoot um, Costello. He was he wanted to do it. Yeah, yeah, very smart guy. Have you ever met um, um, Mr. Costello, Frank Costello? No, never. No, you know what? But he's the one guy. If I had to, if I had to pick the the ultimate mob guy that you wanted to be, it would be Frank Costello. Why is that? Smart. Patrick. You know, he's a, he's they a, called him the prime minister. Yeah. He knew how to get around people. He had political connections. You know, he, he ran the. He was he was brilliant guy. And he, he, he was there from Aaron Rothstein too. Yeah, that was his mentor. Yeah, I mean, if you the movie Monster, Arnold Rothstein. Yeah, he he uh, created, he's the OG of yeah. OG. Yes, he's a Jewish yeah. guy, but he created the concept of the five families. That's right, Arnold Rothstein did that. Yeah, Ross and and Mylansky too. 
I know they, Luciano gets the credit for it because he was there, but it was Rothstein and and Meyer Lansky. Two that Jewish guys. Made the, yeah, they made yeah. this into a business, basically. Before that, it was a lot of guys running around, killing mm. each other, gang stuff and all that. But they organized it. Hmm. Yeah, he was... Uh, did did you the, watch the Meyer Lansky movie? Did you watch the, the recent one? That yeah. Came out year and, I didn't think I it was that good. I wasn't crazy about it. No, I didn't no, think that, it was that good. wasn't crazy about it. Yeah. Came out about a year and a half ago or something. Yeah. Hey, were there, Mike, were there power players in Hollywood where when you made it and they're like, we can really use this guy to make a lot of money and they started calling you? Were they, like guys that people don't know, not hey, guys like people know. Hey, listen, um, I made all my money with my hands. Mm. I didn't need anything else. I did some Pepsi Cola commercials and all that stuff, but all the money I made with my hands, the majority of it. Yeah, no, I mean... And a lot of people are in highlight reels because of you, uh, uh, on the on the opposite side because of your hands. It was, and you entertain a lot of us. That, hey, I had a great teacher. Yeah, great teacher. Yeah, that's no question about. Uh, uh, this is the, the the second time, and the amount of influence Cuss has that you always bring back to giving him the credit that you give. It's it's uh, the only reason I'm asking a question about power players is in the political world right now, you're seeing Tucker got fired. And yeah. I think you did something with Tucker, right? Did, yeah, I, I spent a weekend with him over the top yeah, of the young guy. I thought it was great, yeah. And, and you're seeing he gets fired. Then you see Don Lemon gets fired. And you see all of these things happen. And one is on the left, one is on the right. I'm trying to see from a guy that's been in this space where there are guys behind closed doors that uh, sometimes call the shots. Did you experience that, or was it more? It was more straight up than you know. Of course, everyone's heard or read the stories about Don King and what that was like. I'm not talking about Don King. I'm talking people above Don King. Hey, listen. Um, what would be my purpose in telling you that? You know, I don't know. Um, I'm sure somebody else in a higher position that no more could tell you more. I don't know. I've never been to these secret parties and stuff that everyone's talking about. Yeah, I don't think I'm allowed. They don't let me go. But uh, yeah, I've never been invited. You've never been invited. No, I've never been invited to one of those yeah. strange parties everyone talks about. Bill Burr was on uh, uh, Conan O'Brien, and uh, I don't know if you've seen this one when Bill Burr is on Conan, and he says, "You know, hey, he says, uh, so hey, uh, uh, Bill, did you vote? Nah, I didn't vote. I think I did. I don't know if I voted. I don't know if I voted." He says, yeah, right, you know you voted. He says, I, I, I forgot, I think I voted or not. Obviously, you know, Bill is not wanting to say who he voted for. So he says, what do you think about uh, Trump winning and Hillary Clinton? He says, I got to tell you, you know, forget about them. You know, he tells the teams the greatest comeback, you know, the miracle, the hockey and all this stuff. I have never, never seen anybody win the way he wins. He says, so, he says, but who was the other person? Doesn't the other person go to those builder, uh, what are those weird parties they put in San Francisco that the... Uh, 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 do you know which one I'm talking about, Rob? When Bilber tells uh, uh, Conan about the after parties that these higher ups go to, he says, "What are you talking about?" He says, "You haven't heard of these parties?" He says, "No." He says, "Like I don't, I don't know what I'm talking about, man. We can just change the subject and change the subject." Mm -hmm. But uh, it, it was a, it was a, obviously a funny moment. But uh, I guess Mike, you've never been invited to those parties. So going back to hey, me, I'm, I'm a quiet taste, man. You are a quiet taste. <laughs> <laughs> quiet taste. <laughs> I respect it. Going back to uh, uh, the stories on uh, uh, Champions Corner, okay, with men. Uh, I, I, I ask you, but I'll ask you, Mike, to see what you think about it. Um, 
criticism gives to sometimes given to men today saying men are a lot softer today than they were before you know they're not as tough as they were before you know men are soft today and they give different measuring sticks how much they bench with their you know grip strength and this and that and all this stuff showing that based on these markers and men used to be this they're no longer that do you agree with that and if yes what do you think's causing that i think men are smarter now maybe not be as tough now because um just thinking the 80s and 70s, right? It was in your face, boom, like this. Now it's cool, calm. It's really not necessary. We do that, my friend. This and that. You, it's very hard to even get somebody to really think, fuck you, when, they, when you cut them off back. They don't do that anymore. So before, like in the 80s and 70s, if somebody cut you off, you out of the car. Motherfucker, this and that. Then he's out of the car because you got out of the car. Yeah. You know, It's not that now. People nowadays, that say you or myself, get in the car to... Uh, Altercation with what, let me call him a modern man. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's not gonna fight. The modern man's gonna have a gun, or he's gonna have his right. phone to go right to the police station. <laughs> you know, he's not gonna be talking too much or anything like yelling like we did. That's not gonna happen. They're all packed now. Everybody, the woman, everybody's packed now. So it's a different world altogether. That's why. Um, when you see women now, they're very, they're confrontation. They're very um, confident, you know. They've been through situations before where they were successful. And it's different now than having a confrontation with a woman. She's your equal now. She has the equalizer. If you think it's not true, just check Florida. Florida, everybody can buy a gun. You don't even have to have a permit now. Yeah. Right. That's what they call the gun, the great equalizer. Yeah. God made big men, God made small men. Smith and Wesson made us equal. <laughs> That's what Kush always used to say. Smith and Wesson made us equal. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And Patrick, can we put this link up? Because people that want to get early access to this mentorship program, it's called uh, championsearlyaccess.com. Michael, it's right there. If you look it's at it, there. it's right up there. Right Champions there. Corner. Yeah. <clears throat> So, Michael, I, I mean, we didn't really address it because um, Mike wasn't in the room yet, but how did this partnership come about, right? Michael Francis, Mike Tyson have a business together, entrepreneurs both from the streets of New York that, uh, you know, 40 years later after uh, <clears throat> the, the initial come up, how did this all come about? It was a no-brainer, right, Mike? Yeah, I mean, listen... You know, I think we both want to leave a legacy. You know, we both went up the hard way. We both did the wrong things for a lot of... I made so many mistakes in my life, Adam. I mean, I, I can't even begin to count. But fortunately, was able to straighten it out. You know, and the way you straighten it out, you got good people around you. You got a supportive wife. You got your kids. You know, you don't want to make those mistakes anymore. And, you know, for me, I really found out in life, I mean this. You know, I've had just about everything. I've lost everything. I've been up and down. But... When I go and talk to people and they look up to me and I'm able to give them some encouragement, it's the best feeling in the world. You know, when I go speak to these gangbangers, you know, I'll go into a prison and they'll say, you know, Mike, we're going to give you the guys that are on their way home. They're in the camp. And I said, I don't want those guys. I want the guys that are in here doing a hard time. I want to talk to these guys. And I'll sit down with them. And because I have credibility, like Mike has, we have credibility, we've been there and done that, we see the impact that we had on them. It really matters. And say, wow, I feel really good about this. You know, to those who have been given much, much is expected in return. And I think, you know, even though we've had a lot of hard knocks, you know, we're pretty fortunate. 
And so you want to spread it around, you know. And I, when I'm thinking about this, listen, Mike may be humble in this regard, but he's probably the, one of the best-known people in the world. Everybody knows Mike Tyson, no matter where you go. So if you want to have maximum impact and really reach out, you know, in whatever time we got left in this life, I said, this is a natural. We both came from Brooklyn. Yeah. We both understand the streets. And, uh, you know, to me, it was, it was no-brainer. Yeah. <laughs> when is it being launched? In July. July. Yeah. Got We're it. So preparing people- it now. So right now, people can sign up. So the moment it's being launched, you'll, you, they'll, they'll be able to get yeah. registered and get involved? We're doing early access now, then we're going to cut it off for a while. So whoever jumps in now will be the first ones in there. And then we're going to cut it off as we're preparing, and then we'll launch in July. We're going to launch it here. And I would like to say I'm a strong exponent in having people on the show defending their hope ideology as well if we have a uh, debate about somebody i don't know and some gender because that's what they're talking we should have them right here and, and kindly politely debate about it you know everything should be debated i believe that's my my opinion you but like it, debates not necessarily that i like but debates but everybody has the chance to relieve what they have to say present our argument yeah we see for ourselves exactly exactly absolutely i agree too that's one of the problems I think we have. Everybody's screaming at each other all the time. But if you can sit down and hear somebody else's side of the story, because sometimes you don't know what motivates them to do what they do, you know, and it's good to to get that out, talk about it. Is that what's the format going to be? So if if somebody is on there, what is the content <laughs> in the champions corner? Well, listen, we're not only into mentoring young people, but personal development, telling people really how to be the best possible person they could be, how to give them business advice. Because look. Patrick, you know this better than anybody. Who knows what's going to happen in this country? It's crazy. You know, a lot of people are struggling out there, really struggling, you know, and and they don't know what to do. So it's not only Mike and I, but we got a team of experts that we're putting together so that any situation that you might have, we can helpfully provide the answers for you, whether it be in business, whether it be a faith issue, whether it be personal development, you got trouble at home, you don't know how to survive. All of these things, look, we're not the we're not the end all for everything, but we have enough experience to really show people this is the right way to go. This is what you should do, and uh, and that's what we want to do. You know, people that come through this platform are going to say, you know what, I really got something out of it. I really benefited from it, and they go on and and hopefully lead a little better life. Mike, you bring up uh, the concept of faith. I know that you found uh, God, Jesus, while you were in the can. Right, I, I believe you also did the same when you are you uh, Muslim no, now. Muslim, but I was okay. Muslim before I went to prison. You are, but so what role has faith played in your life at this point? Because you see in America, the decline in family, the decline in religion, decline in uh, community service, um, and you know we see that the Pat says this all the time that churches should be packed these days. You know, churches should. Uh, revive America's greatness. W- what role has religion played in your guys' life, and and what are people lacking as they're clinging to politics and political ideology and wokeness, as some may regard, uh, rather than faith in God? Man, there you go, Mike. I just believe that. Um, on praise be to Allah. I just believe God should be your personal entity. I don't believe God should be. You know, that's my opinion. You you should have your relationship with God because when you when it's your turn to go in front of God, you're going to be alone. 
judgment day, your homeboy's not going to be inside your mother, your father. You'll be alone. You know, that's what they say. So you have to have your own personal relationship with God. And any way you believe it's possible, that's better, and help you reach your highest potential. Sometimes um, they can't do it from a... Some people can't deal with religion from a perspective of this is the way it is, from the Bible, from the book. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. Everyone don't get into it from that perspective. They want their own personal relationship with Allah. You're saying more spiritual than more structured religion. Yes, but they the structure is good as well. Some people, some of us need the structure. That's why we have the structure in the Quran and the Bible because some people feed on that alone. That's mm -hmm. their their objective. And um, I just think they all have their purpose. All religion has the purpose. And all the religion, from my experience now, came from the what, what do you call those people before before the Egyptians, Sumerians? Mm -hmm. It's the same, the same religion they have. It's the same religion in the Bible, some parts of the Quran. Moses is a different name. It's Gilgamesh, you know. So all religion, even though I saw this once before, if I could be permitted to say, I was in Egypt and I'm a Muslim, and I saw on the the carvings they had statues doing the Muslim. Um, prayer the way we pray, you know, and I said, "Wow, this had this had to influence Islam a lot." You know, those statues mm -hmm. that's that's hundreds of you know, like thousands of years old. So we don't know anything about this world. We just know what we were taught or told. We have no ideology who we are, where we came from, who our ancestors really were. You know. How about you, Mike? I couldn't have said it better, but, you know, personal relationship, that's what it's all about. I mean, you, you got to have a, you know, moral foundation. You, you got to have something. And, and uh, to me, it's all about my personal relationship with God. Now, obviously, you know, I go out and speak and share it, but I feel I'm obligated to do that. But uh, it's, it's like you said, you're going to stand in front of God alone, you and him, nobody else. You know, and so often, you know, you get on social media, and Patrick, you know, there's people who say this and that, and so many crazy people online, and I don't respond to any of that because you do care about what people say. Don't get me wrong. But at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's you and God alone, and you got to get it straight with him. And I'm and I'm pretty heavy on donations, too, stuff. A lot, but, you know, if that helps any, <laughs> help me. Or oh, everybody, that's just what I realized in my life, even myself. Even when I give my tips, I always give tips out. It's a good thing, but subconsciously I'm trying to buy my way to heaven. <laughs> you know, you know, be honest, man. You're buying our way to heaven. Oh, you need this, you need this. Yeah. Okay. In the Jewish religion, that's called tzedakah. <laughs> yeah, really? So I'm yeah. a tzedakah. <laughs> there we go, man. Well, as Tupac once said, only only God could judge me. Yes, yeah, so I'm a that's right. Good I'm, to I'm see a Muslim, a Catholic, a I'm Christian, a, and a Jew I'm all a, hanging I'm out on a, a podcast. I'm a guy. But listen, check this out. Imagine if we were in no religions, know where we would be? Yeah. We would be brothers. If we didn't have no religions and we just four guys together, we'd be brothers. Right? We all have the same belief. We don't believe in God or else religion. You know, we'd be brothers. There's always religion because religion is just an action, something that's um, repetition. What we do, we wake up every day. Our lifestyle is a religion. Whatever we do is the concept of religion, repetition, belief. Can't wait for this to come out uh, for folks to take advantage of Rob. If you can put it in chat uh, description and put it in the the comment section as well on all of them for people to be able to go to and visit and sign up for. 
It's coming out in July. Michael Francis and uh, Mike Tyson Champions Corner. Get registered so you know once this is being launched to everybody. Mike and Michael. And Patrick, we're going to enlist you too. You're, yeah, you don't know need, this yet. We need, <laughs> your, absolutely. we need some of your intelligence. <laughs> some yeah, of my yeah. intelligence. They're going to make you an offer you can't refuse. You gotta be, listen, yes, you got to gotta be our mentor. Ooh, I'm into is that what's going to happen? Big time. <laughs> We're going to be debating. We're going to be debating. It's going to be a lot of debates. My, debate, my debate mentor. <laughs> well, it'll, it'll be a lot of fun. You guys got the right people behind helping out. It's, uh, I'm excited about but this can you, being Can launched. you imagine this? Listen, can you imagine having a discussion about gender and we have a, uh, a gentleman, a, a woman of gender right there and we're debating it? That would be so awesome. They, would you want to be part of that and ask them questions? I would. I would why wouldn't I want to be a part of it, I would love though. to see that. I would love to see that. I would love to see what questions you would ask. I would actually be... First of all... It, it, I think I would be good. Know why? Mm -hmm. Because I have a daughter that's in, in that world. So I think... Um, it's in that lifestyle. So I think I would be really good. Wow. I would be very objective. Are you following this Dylan Mulvaney Bud Light situation that's basically been a lightning rod for debate? This is what you don't know. Well, I think you know it, but this is what we don't want to say. Are we are we fighting these people? Are, are we fighting these the gender people? I saw them shooting at them. Are we fighting those people? Because if, if we're fighting them, right, or if you're fighting them, we're not good fighters because we already lost we already lost. He's wasting his bullets. He wasted his air shooting at that commercial in those boxes. Kid Rock, you're saying? Yeah. We Listen, they won the fight already. We already Did won. you say that to Kid Rock's face? Because you were with him at that yeah. UFC fight with Trump and Dana White. You were he sitting right next to him. Took he, a picture I, with he him. didn't shoot that commercial yet. Ah. <laughs> if I would have saw that commercial, it was shot and it was... It was um, it was previewed after the I think fight. it was like the next day yeah, or next week. Right, right the then fight. and there. The next week, right after. Yeah. But if he would um, talk to me, I would discuss my experience with um, trying to intervene in that world. And I didn't get a good welcoming. Uh -oh. You know, um, I love my daughter. If anybody assailed her, I would attempt to kill them. And it's just her life, and I'm not going to stop her from living her life, and she's not going to stop me from living my life, hmm. you know. But as a father, I'm always there to kill and die for her. As a father. What would you have said to Kid Rock in, huh? in that regard? I would have let him know he, he wasted his ammunition. <laughs> he, you know, he just wasted his ammunition. Really, tell me, how do you, how, like we as men, right? Mm -hmm. How do you tell me, how do we, um, how do we intervene and stuff like this? Unless you you do it unlawfully, lawfully, these um, the gender community pretty much um, they won. Unless you're going to do some illegal stuff like hurting them and stuff. But ask from from just a a, a a fair fight. I guess what it is, this ideology against this ideology, that ideology won. What do you mean they won? Um, you see they have commercials, you see they have um, banisters. That's, um, when you see that, even as a human being, for some people, they get our sympathy. They're, they're people, they're, 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 small, they're a small army fighting a big army. Sometimes little armies get sympathy from people that were a part of this big army. Or maybe some people in this army 
of siblings from somebody in this big army, or the, or the leader of the army has his siblings in this army that he loves. That's what I'm talking about. How this, listen, love is going to overcome it all. You know, I'm not going to let nobody hurt my baby because she, um, she wants to live that life. You know, I, even if I didn't agree with it, I'm not going to let no one hurt my baby. It's just how it is. You're almost giving it a David Goliath type metaphor. Yeah, and, and David won. Really, believe me, you know some of the powerful people in the world have children in that world that they love. Mm-hmm. Why would you bet on Goliath when you got bet David? There it is for you, Pat. But that's a deep conversation. Mm-hmm. And, and that's uh, 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 if you guys are gonna have stuff like that on there, this is gonna be a very interesting thing. Champions Corner, very interesting thing to to give the perspective you gave. Uh, just even right now, the last three minutes that you you and him went back and forth on that topic. Mike, thank you for coming on. Michael, right. thank you, uh, uh, gang. The links below. Uh, uh, I believe we have a podcast on Thursday or Friday. No, tomorrow. Right? Tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow with tomorrow? Whitney Webb. Yeah, oh, Whitney tomorrow's Webb. Whitney Webb is back here. So we'll tomorrow, be talking if Epstein. you're into uh, Epstein uh. stories, tomorrow's Whitney Webb. She's written a bunch of books about it. Uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Take care, everybody. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye guys. <clears throat>